and welcome to Exeter Life, a podcast about the people, places, and events that comprise life in Exeter, New Hampshire. I'm Lara Bricker, and Exeter also happens to be my chosen hometown. I've lived here since 1998 and written the Exeter Life column since 2013. It's now 2020, and I've just launched an audio version of Exeter Life. This week, a slice of Exeter Life as the farmer's market returns to Swayze Parkway on Thursday afternoons. I first realized the farmer's market was back on Swayze Parkway when I get word that my weekly fish pickup through New Hampshire Community Seafood would no longer be done in the most New Hampshire way ever, picking up from a cooler in a private citizen's driveway, but at a regular stand at the farmer's market on Swayze Parkway which is where I found myself last week looking around and thinking, you know, I need to let people know the farmer's market is back downtown. With everything that's going on in the world, it was just sort of reassuring to see Barker's Farm right there in its regular spot at the start of the market with Sue Bendroth working the booth that she does every summer. And as for how it felt to be there, feels great. It feels great. And I really respect the fact that people are willing to wear the masks and and keeping people safe. And, you know, we're here to serve you as a customer. And we have potatoes today. We have cucumbers, tomatoes, microgreens. We are in full season. So it's great. Down the way, 75-year-old Steve Anderson of Anderson's Mini Maples in Deerfield said he was just glad to be back at the market, even though things are a little different with social distancing and most people in masks. Such a pleasure to be back here. This is my 12th year here. It's the first time we haven't started out from down here. In case you're wondering, Steve says it was a good year for maple sugaring. Maple season was just a little bit above average. Yeah. I have three different grades of syrup. Uh, there's an amber, which is a very delicate taste. Dark is a little stronger maple flavor. And the very dark, which is the strongest. <clears throat> And how many years have you been sugaring? I started back in 1972. Tim Rocha of Kellybrook Farm in Greenland, where they're still recovering from a fire earlier this season in one of their barns, was out with an assortment of pork, a few prepared foods, and he had a sense of hope that regular customers will now start to find their way back to the market. For right now, we haven't seen a lot of regular customers, and foot traffic has been kind of light at most of the markets. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether that relates to people being a little bit cautious right now yeah. or they're having a little bit of a tough time, maybe with employment and stuff like that. Yeah. We're outside, so yeah. it makes social distancing a lot easier. Yeah. And it's a, a whole lot better shopping environment, I think, than being inside of a building in a recirculated air system. Oh, yeah. With everything changing in the world, it seems like daily, it was also sort of reassuring to see that some things do not change at the farmer's market, like the elevator pitch from the bread guy. So she raises all bread three times, so it's long and naturally fermented. I just uh, hold it like this, otherwise it's breakable. I'll get to this point, because I don't want you to have a bad experience. So, uh, we use organic, unenriched, and bleached flour, absolutely no junk. So this is why you don't find these ingredients in retail, even if you make your own bread. Also, uh, so uh, it's either sugar-free or sugar next to nothing. So uh, baguette, we learned in France how to make it just right. So in Latin, quarter of Paris. No sugar, only four basic ingredients. Yeah. Eat it the same day. So the baguette make, makes the same day. Don't buy it from the day before. Right. She makes uh, three kinds of bread on one day. The next day, she makes three other kinds of bread. After hearing the pitch, Alan Mayo and his daughter Callie 
left with a few loaves of bread to add to the Indian food that they had picked up from Tulsi restaurant earlier in the afternoon. What's it like to be back down on the parkway? It's nice. In fact, I haven't been on the parkway at all this summer or the spring. It's like the first time back since well, since February, probably, since everything was locked down. Yeah, so. I always like to have a yeah. And I know it was up at the high school for a while, but yeah. I, it's enjoyable having it back down here, I would think, yeah. in the shade. And it's nice that they have the vendors on just one side yeah. of the road. It gives us a little bit more room to distance and to, and to spread out. So now you know the farmer's market is back every Thursday, 2.15 to 5.30. And I can guess that the next thing you're wondering is, that's great, but what am I going to make for dinner? Well, good thing there were some experts there, and I could ask them that very question. A um, new potato salad with the potatoes. We have blue potato, blue Adirondack potatoes, and we have green beans and wax beans. And then I would put those together and then put cucumbers on the top with a little bit of dill. Well, I mean, we do do prepared food, but I mean, my specialty today is a 10-ounce bone-in bone pork chop. Okay. We have animals go in, and we just picked up, and it's an awesome product, especially on the grill. So how do you like to cook monkfish, MJ? I have two favorite ways, really, and my, my first favorite is both of them involve cubing the monkfish because it's such a, a thick, meaty fish. You can just cut it into cubes, mm -hmm. one, in, one or two-inch chunks. And monkfish curry, curry is my favorite oh. by far. So just cook up a curry, saute it, add the monkfish right in. My second way is, is kebabs okay. on the grill. So and I'll, I'll marinate it in a huge variety of things, curry being one of the top faves. Okay. <laughs> but then, yeah, in kebabs on the grill. But wait, there's more. There was also entertainment down on Swayze Parkway, where I found Exeter resident Nick Orovich, a retired music professor who was busking and... He was just so happy to be finally performing live music in front of real people for the first time in a very long time. This is the first time I've performed in public since I last played with the Portland Symphony on March 8th. That's the longest dry stretch of performing I've gone through since I, 52 years ago when I was 15. Wow. I've been gigging since then and I've never gone this long between how does it feel to be here now then? Wonderful. I can't. It's wonderful. It really is. Uh, uh, I, I've always been a performer. You make people happy. It makes me happy. And judging by the reaction of the people that were standing around and sitting on the grass listening to Nick last Thursday, his music was having that effect. And it was just a really nice sense of normalcy to be down in the park and hearing music, seeing people, even though we were all masked up during what is a very difficult time. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Exeter Life. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, you can visit anchor.fm slash Exeter Life. And I'm going to leave you this week with some more music from Nick and an invitation to visit the farmer's market on Thursday. Maybe I'll see you at the fish pickup. Ah. Uh -huh.
Standing by the ocean floor.